Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. It's a pleasure for me to welcome back to the Reader House Author Roundtable, Janet Rowe. Janet, thanks for joining me here again. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's great to be speaking with you again. You have a new book out in stores titled Area. Can you tell me what readers can expect? Well, this book, I found that I'm writing religious fantasy, Hmm. which is maybe a little different. But this particular book is about an angel that God made, and she goes to an imaginary place, which she doesn't understand, and she ends up earning her wings. It's kind of geared for children who can read. It's also a story that a parent could read to a child. My daughter is reading it to my great-grandson, who is six. He started asking a lot of questions about angel and God, and that was my goal to have the children understand that we have a God. Yeah, that is important. Have you ever written children's books before this? No. What was the most challenging part about writing a children's book as compared to other sorts of writing you've done before? Well, it's more of a youth book than it's not for small children. Mm -hmm. You know, five or six years old, they're starting to read and understand. I I don't know. It just came to me, and it's a fantasy. It just flowed. I got this idea of the angel, and this is my first book out of three for this same angel. I have another one that's going to be published probably within the next month, four to six months, and I'm working on the last one. Was Aria something that came out quickly then? You said it kind of flowed out while you are doing it. Yeah, yeah, it did. The second one also did, and that's for a little bit older audience because Aria learns about free will and good and bad in that book. The third book is taking me a little longer. Got to be a little more careful with that one. But it turned out to be a little bit of a trilogy. Do you have any plans after that then? You're going to wrap up this series with the third book. You think you're going to be writing something more after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a historical romance I would like to make. I have traced my ancestry back to 1400s in France. That's been something I'm thinking about. But I really like this little angel, and I'm kind of hoping after the third book she's done with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Janet, you're obviously into angels, and you said you find yourself writing this religious fantasy. Where do you think that all came from? What do you think influenced all of this? I have no idea. (laughs) I just sat down and started writing, and I can't even explain it to myself. I just got the idea of this angel, and, and I started writing, and it just fell into place. This book has a dragon, an ogre, it's got some bats, it's got a unicorn. I have no idea where it came from. (laughs) I love it. Janet, were the illustrations tricky to line up with what you've written? No. Covenant House is very good. I told them what I wanted, and they did well. I must admit, I, I think I would like one of my books maybe to be more artistically done instead of the, the graphics. Mm. But they did a good job on this book. I can't, I, I have no complaints. 
They're doing three graphics for my next book, and I expect that they're going to be just as good. Janet, it doesn't sound like you have a problem coming up with ideas for things to write about. Do you ever get writer's block? Do you ever have a hard time coming up with things to write? I am on the third book. I have to be very careful with the third book hmm. because my area lives on a cloud and there's there's other clouds and it's all classes for souls who have died and they come up to be trained to be warrior angels or guardian angels, that sort of thing. And my third book, I think I'm taking her to heaven because hmm. she told the teacher that there's more souls dying on earth than she sees in the classes. So I'm being a little more careful with my wording for this book. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. Well, this book is out in stores right now, and I encourage you to go look for it. The title is Area. It's written by Janet Rowe, and it's published by Covenant Books. Like we said, you can find this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Janet, it's been great having you on the show here again today. Thanks for joining me again. Well, thank you, and I imagine I'll be back for the next book. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Manny Empock. Manny, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. I just wanted to congratulate you on having a new book out in stores right now. The title is The Heart of the Creator. Can you tell me all about this? The book is written to address all the difficult questions about life that we all have regarding everything around us. It takes humanity really by hand directly into the heart of an interactive being who claims to have created all things. Now, considering the treacherous nature of life today, it discloses the protective measures he has established for the vulnerable. And in particular, a guaranteed solution for the most daunting challenge facing the world today, which is peace between the Arabs and Israel in the Middle East. So the book is just an attempt to take people down to the heart of this creator and have people interact with him instead of subjective suppositions from all different areas of life who might as well meet the person who claims to be the creator. Manny, what kinds of readers were you speaking to here? This is directed at everyone because, as I see it, everyone has some kind of a belief system. Mm. And the book is simply providing an opportunity for all humans to actually test and validate the moorings of their belief system in light of the creator's position. These belief systems, as we know, have far-reaching implications and inextricably determines the quality of one's life. I believe that an encounter with what is in the heart of the Creator is going to be a life-changing experience for everybody. Manny, what led you to write and publish this book? How did you get the idea? Well, I am an inventor. Hmm. I actually create medical diagnostic devices and my take in life is a little different maybe from most people. The reason for that is my products can lead to death if the results they give are incorrect. Mm-hmm. So I live in a world where absolute truth is an imperative. Mm-hmm. There is no in-between. So I live in this world and seeing what is going on and seeing what I have seen in my work and over the past And I seem to see that everything in life 
seem to have a very clearly defined purpose. And knowing what I have come to know, I felt it was really an imperative to have this written. Mm. Did this take you a long time then to write and put through the publishing process? Well, it did, because I've gone through this for, I think I did a lot of research Mm. on this, combined with my work for over 15 years. But I had a near-death experience last year which actually forced me to try and write this down just in case I died so that the information will not be lost. And that was the catalyst in forcing me to write it. Mm. Is this the first time you've ever written a book or been published? Yes, that is correct. Congratulations. Do you have any advice for listeners right now who are in that same spot? They're about to embark on that same journey of writing their first book? Well, I think that we all have something to contribute to the world. I look at people like Nikolai Tesla. There was a lot that he wanted to leave to the world, a whole lot. He didn't have the opportunity to. And there are many people I know who have been created to do this. And so whatever anyone feels led to share with the world, I think they should do it without hesitating. Manny, when it comes to writing and publishing, have you thought about the future and what you're doing next? I really would like, I've had some feedback and some responses in the book, and there is a lot more I have. But I also felt that there are many people who like reading, and there's a generation of people who prefer watching television. So yes, I do intend to write more, but I also intend to be able to transform this into a movie if I'm able. That'd be wonderful. I know a lot of people are going to be really into this book and should check it out. The title is The Heart of the Creator. This is written by Manny Empock, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Manny, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me all about your work. I had a great time talking. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the importance of staying active and eating right really can't be stressed enough. The new book by Gerard Roberts, M.D., called The You of Chew, is right in that vein. The author, Gerard, is right here with me now to talk with me all about it. Gerard, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about The You of Chew? Well, The You of Chew is a magical world, if you will that has fun characters that were created from scratch to help guide and teach children about healthier choices for a better life. It's really an offshoot of something that was already out there that we produced. It's a free app called U of Two on the iOS and Android platforms for children in a gamified way that's helping them with their health. So I thought, what better way than to try to do a corollary book in an old school fashion, because it's an interactive educational coloring book, which the characters are leading them through these vignettes about things that they may be concerned about, especially going through and dealing with the pandemic that we're still in after two years. Being a board-certified pediatrician, I have seen how this has affected children. So I wanted to somehow try to come to their level with stories and vignettes that may be intriguing and engaging for them. 
And hopefully we've done this with the YouTube book now. Hmm. What ages of children do you think this is best suited for? Typically, we're going for 6 to 12, and there's a reason for that, because those are probably the most impressionable years. Hmm. In addition to that, children of this age are so engaged now with social media and devices that they are really more in tune than we ever were growing up to things that are going on around them. Mm -hmm. So I figured this is the age group that you want to have the most bang for your buck with because then you can lead them to healthier choices for a better life for many years to come. Was the U of Chu something that took a long time for you to write and then publish? Oh, absolutely. And I was surprised. Mm. It took about 10 months from start to finish being something that I was new at, a novice, going back and forth with the illustrations have to be perfect, the vernacular, the words have to be perfect, setting up the vignettes with the characters, which ones go with whom, the cover of the book, the title of the book. There's so much more that goes into it. You just don't write a book <laughs> and it's published. There are many, many layers and steps, but I very much enjoyed the process. After all that time and all that hard work, Gerard, what was it like then when you got the first physical copy in your hands? It was prideful, a sense of accomplishment, and overall gratitude that I've been able to do something that I set out to do and accomplish that goal. Hmm. And looking ahead, what are your plans? More writing, more publishing, maybe making this a series? Yes, great question. I think that this is the introductory book. So obviously I would be lying if you didn't want to see how this does. But I'm interested in further topics and expanding on what we've done because it is a compilation of vignettes, things that are going on now that are really affecting children more now. Mm. And I think the more you can try to engage and educate, the better off people will be. Like you said, this was your first time publishing, so I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. Like you said, you were surprised how long it took. What advice would you have for authors out there who are just about to embark on that same journey? Stick with it, be patient, and know that you're accomplishing something bigger than yourself. And it's going to be rewarding in the end for you to accomplish that goal. But definitely stick with it. It can be a time-consuming process, but well worth it in the end. Well, certainly an important message in this book, and I encourage my listeners to check it out. It's titled The You of Chu. This is written by Gerard Roberts, M.D., and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can grab this one everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Gerard, thanks again for joining me tonight and telling me about the U of Chu. I hope we can talk again sometime. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope the listeners and readers enjoy the book. Readers will get a whole new outlook on plant-based nutrition in a new book by Leslie Rand Wilderson. It's titled V Musings, a plant-based diet source book, part one. Leslie's right here with me now to talk all about it. Leslie, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you. Can you tell me all about what readers can find in V Musings? Sure. So the book title, V Musings, a plant-based diet source book, the V is for vegan and vegetable, and Musings is the traditional definition, but the title is also a vegan play on the word amusing. Hmm. 
The book is part one in a series that explore a wide range of topics. It has a scientific foundation, and it's based on my wonderful 18-year plant-based diet experience. One of the great things about the book is that it's concise. It's also entertaining in the way it traces the origin of the plant-based culture. It really gives a complete picture. Interestingly, when the manuscript was accepted, the publisher remarked that there was nothing else like it. Mm. So I've put colorful collages into each section showing many facets of plant nutrition to provide a visual way to think of the information in the book. It has tons of information. I think all fruits and vegetables have a nutritional purpose that keeps us healthy. And I go into these details covering about 34 topics with short passages ranging from fun facts about nutrient-dense microgreens and health benefits of chocolate, plant-based magazines, vegan shopping, plant sources of calcium, vegan cheese, plant foods everyone loves. I provide data on the good and bad of GMOs to help make informed decisions about consuming them. So I really break down the science of plant nutrition, and there are all kinds of trivia about plant-based dining from my visit to awesome establishments from coast to coast. Mm -hmm. For instance, I found that the first 100% vegan pizza place is in Seattle, Washington. Leslie, what kinds of readers do you think would get the most out of V-Musings? Ah, V-Musings is filled with nutrition facts for everyone. Vegans, plant-based dabblers on flexible diets, people looking for healthy diet modifications, and anyone I call a V-muser seeking insight about the health benefits of plant sources and looking for deliberate transformative results. My book really explains the why regarding plant-based nutrition and covers so much in a surprisingly quick read that will keep you informed and V-mused. Leslie, when it came to getting started with V-musings, how did you go about that? Did you have a certain way of doing things? Yes. My method for writing this book was to research the topics and then transform the data into fascinating storytelling using my own language style. I took science and nutrition facts and made them interesting and relatable. It was a blast. I impressed myself with some of the passages. And for fun, I added captivating French subtitles for each chapter. My plant-based lifestyle is a passion, so that made the words flow onto the pages. It was great. Can you think back, Leslie, to when you got the idea to write this book? How were you inspired to do this? This book is really inspired by my personal experience. So during my 18-year plant-based journey, I really wanted to share the joy and immense value that I found, which has turned me into a lifelong vegan. My career in healthcare has been a huge factor in influencing the way I've presented the subject matter. And my medical background helped me interpret the scientific data and make plant science and plant-based nutrition understandable and practical for everyday use. Leslie, you said this was a product of 18 years of your experience. Now, I'm hoping it didn't take you 18 years to actually write this. How long of a process was it? (laughs) No, it definitely wasn't. I think over the past two years is when I really started to become inspired to write this book. I'm always writing things down and transforming the way I do things. So I wanted to contribute to the culture, and this was my way of putting down everything that I've learned about nutrition and, you know, the vegan lifestyle in my rewarding experience. I've learned a lot, and I'm always discovering the wonders of plant nutrition every day. Mm-hmm. And I certainly encourage my listeners to go ahead and check this book out. It's called V Musings, a plant-based diet source book, part one. This is written by Leslie Rand Wilderson, and it's published by Fulton Books. 
You can pick this up everywhere. Get it online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Leslie, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about V-Musings. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate the talk today. Have a great afternoon. Sitting down here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Eunice Samadzada. Eunice, thank you for being here with me tonight. You're welcome. I'm very happy to be with you. I'm happy that you're here with me. It's great you got a new book out in stores right now. It's titled The History of the Rise and Fall of the World's Religions and Their Evolution. Can you tell me what readers can expect in this book? This book is about the history of various religions and how they evolved. And what kinds of readers were you speaking to here? The target reader audience includes anyone from interested students to university professors, from atheists to the devout, anyone interested in a review of the development of different religions. Hmm. It starts very beginning of the human as a hunter-gatherer to today's religion. Mm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing and publishing? Uh, not really. This was my first book that I was dreaming. It only started when I did the chance and time. And what are the chances you'll be writing another book, maybe a follow-up to this one or something else? Of course, I'm honestly waiting to see how this book will be welcomed mm. by the readers. In my other books, whatever I need is all ready. You know, the title, everything is ready. Just I have to see how this book goes. You know, the reader like my style and my, the, the way I'm writing. If that's the case, they like this book. My second book will be soon, because I did work a lot on that book, too. Well, Eunice, after those five years of hard work that went into writing the history of the rise and fall of the world's religions and their evolution, what was it like when you got that first physical copy and got to hold it in your hands for the first time? Oh, that was an amazing feeling mm. of accomplishment after years of thinking, researching, reading, and writing the book. Now it's done. And I was so proud that I could not even imagine how happy I am. Eunice, a lot of people listening right now are authors who are just starting out. They want to write their first book and go on this journey as well. What words of wisdom could you offer them along the way? Once he or she decide to begin an auto, first must be patient. Second, that person should know the subject matter very well and have the time to do it and spend the time. Without the time, you cannot write anything. Eunice, did you have people in your life who were around you and they knew that you were taking something this big on and they could be there to motivate and encourage you along the way? Yes. When I was very young, at the age of 14, I had a lot of interest about the religion and how religion evolved. Mm. And at that point, my brother-in-law, with whom I had a lot of positive discussion about the world's religion, because he had the same mindset as I did. He was my most inspired person that he get in me. 
Eunice, so much time and so much hard work goes into writing and publishing a book like we were talking about. So to you, when you look back over it all, what is the most rewarding part for you of now being a published author? Oh, there are a number of rewards. Uh, the first is to share my knowledge. Second, the sense of accomplishment to your own commitment. And the third is to enter into the larger society as a professional writer. And the fourth and more important, most important, to try to change the reader's view about religion. That's the main thing that, you know, you can change people's minds. That was the intention I wrote the book. I know a lot of readers are going to get a lot out of this book. The title is The History of the Rise and Fall of the World's Religions and Their Evolution. This is written by Yunus Samanzada, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this book everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Eunice, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me all about your work. I hope we can speak sometime again. Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait. Thank you very much, sir. Return to the Earth, Discovering the Origin, is the new adventurous novel in stores now by Ophelia A. Villanueva. Ophelia joins me right now to talk all about it. Thank you for being here at the Reader House Author Roundtable with me tonight, Ophelia. Well, thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me on. It is my pleasure. Can you tell me all about Return to the Earth, Discovering the Origin? It's part of the series of Volver a la Tierra. Right, right. Return to the Earth is about a very successful businessman from El Paso, Texas, that has dedicated his entire adult life to his empire. But unfortunately, through the process, he neglected his family. One day, he sends them out on a trip to Southern California, and just outside of Phoenix, his plane crashes, and he loses his entire family, including three small grandchildren. Mm -hmm. After that, he is totally devastated, like it's understandable, of course, you know, and he starts drinking again heavily, and he makes a decision to return to his native land, which is deep in the jungles of the Yucatan in Mexico land of the Maya. Hmm. There he discovers his true origin and his purpose, which is to save the world from an impending catastrophe. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. Where'd you get the idea for this, Ophelia? Well, actually, it was from a script. Hmm. My late husband was a scriptwriter, and his idea was to make Return to the Earth into a movie. Hmm. Unfortunately, he died of COVID in way back in November of 2020. I'm sorry. And he never got to achieve his goal, you know. But all along, he would encourage me to write the novel because he said, I'm, I'm just not a no novel writer. I write scripts, you know. <laughs> so he kind of handed it over to me. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before as far as novel writing or publishing? Well, not really. Way back when I was in college, I was going up to a Western University over there in Silver City, New Mexico. I did write a short story. It was in Spanish, actually. It was called El Destino, which is the uh, destiny. It was basically about my life, and that's how I got started. And when my late husband, Carlos, when he read it, he was just amazed by it. And he said, you're a writer. <laughs> he just inspired me. You know, he inspired me to do that, you know, to keep writing. And I have a lot of short stories, but they've never been published. Ophelia, what kinds of readers do you think would really be into Return to the Earth, Discovering the Origin? I think 
anybody that's interested in adventure or perhaps the Mayan culture, aliens, time travel, redemption? Because the book is a lot about redemption, finding redemption. I love it. Like I said before, this is part of the Volver a la Tierra series. How many do you have planned out here? My husband's idea was to turn it into a trilogy. Hmm. And I have started part two and part three. So I'm hoping that I can finish them and, you know, like I said, turn them into a trilogy. I think it would be just a great idea because I think a lot of my readers, the comments that I've gotten back is that they feel like, oh, my God, it ended. You know, they're almost (laughs) sad that the book ended, you know. After all those years of hard work, what was it like, Ophelia, when you finally got that first hard copy in and got to hold it for the first time? Oh, my God, Corey, it was the greatest feeling in the world. It really was. I was so emotional. I held it in my hand, and I actually started crying. I really did. And I called my daughter. That was the first thing I could think of doing. (laughs) And my daughter, right away, she said, Mom, just come over. She said, come over, and we'll talk about it. I was just so emotional. It was the greatest feeling in the world, you know. Mm. I felt so accomplished, but at the same time, it was kind of sad that I couldn't share it with my husband, you know. Ophelia, when you sit down to write new material, do you have the whole thing outlined? Do you usually know how things are going to end and how they'll go in between? Or do you start maybe with an idea and go with it from there? Yes, I, I usually just start out with an idea and I start jotting out different thoughts that I have. And once I have accumulated a bunch of ideas and thoughts, and then what I do, I organize them. But I usually know what I want. I know how I want it to start. I know the middle part and I know the end. It's just a matter of organizing it. You know, you just have to keep going. You just cannot stop. That's what I found that is so important. I think a lot of readers are really going to love this book and this series. It's titled Return to the Earth, Discovering the Origin. It's part of the Volver a la Tierra series, and it's written by Ophelia A. Villanueva. It's published by Fulton Books, and of course you can find this everywhere. Pick it up at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Ophelia, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me all about this book. I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you so much, Corey, for having me on. I really appreciate this opportunity to get the word out that it's an amazing book. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Bruce Barcombe. Bruce, thanks for joining me here tonight. Thanks for having me. Just wanted to congratulate you on having a new book in stores right now. It's called The Change Agent, Paradigm Shift in Consciousness. Can you tell me about it? It's uh, a book that really takes a look at what we see, learn, heard, and practice, and how it affects our uh, society, people's actions and behaviors, and how to unhook from the uh, negative messaging that's out there and find some peace. What sorts of readers were you reaching out to with this? It covers a lot of fundamentals of philosophy religion. It's the intersection of politics, religion, and the impact of the messaging from a political science perspective upon our society. Hmm. And how are you inspired to write this? Where did the idea come from? You know, I sat down, uh, watched the January 6th unfurl before my eyes, and having uh, gone through the the 2020 election cycle and, and all the negative messaging and the vitriol, and what do these people think, right? What do they see, learn, hear, and practice, and finding their truth. Uh, transcending that cycle of negative messaging and vitriol. When it comes to writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? I've done one of the book on the human condition, The Change Agent from 30,000 Feet. Hmm. 
And once you got started writing this, was it something that went quickly for you or did it take you a while to finish? I actually finished inside of six weeks. It went quick. It was inspiration, not perspiration. So the rough draft was done inside of six weeks. And from there, I was fine-tuning it, getting the editing, getting the artwork, and bringing it into fruition. Bruce, do you ever get that inspiration to write? Sit down to write, and then nothing comes out. You get writer's block, or maybe you're just stuck for ideas. How do you get through that? I meditate, and so I'm looking for inspired thought, not perspiration. Mm. Inspiration, not perspiration. And there's nothing like seeing that finished product, that hard copy. Once you got that hard copy for the first time in, Bruce, what was going through your head? I smiled. I, I read it cover to cover the next day. Both the physical copy and then the online copy, what's nice about the, the ebook portion is that the bibliography, because I'm, I'm about facts. What is the truth, right? And there's links. So people can actually go out and click those links and take a look at that knowledge and information that I use in, in some cases to uh, validate the material in the book. Bruce, a lot of our listeners out there are authors just starting out. They haven't written, they haven't published, but they really want to. What words of wisdom could you offer them? Follow your heart, write what you know, and follow your passion. Mm. Now that you have a couple books out and you have all this work out there, Bruce, what's the most rewarding thing that you can say now to you is about being a published author? Taking care of others in the messaging, making sure that I'm true to myself, true to others. Stoic values and virtues is what the book centers on. You know, doing the right thing uh, in a society that sometimes is caught up in negative actions. Bruce, when you're on a writing project, do you find yourself going down writing at a certain time every day, maybe at a certain place? Or do you find yourself writing when the ideas are coming to you? I outline, I take notes of information that I want to include in the write. And then later on, I, I sew it together in the writing process. You know, and you just kind of follow that outline until it's done. And then, of course, the editing, you, you smooth out the rough edges. Are there people in your life who also inspire and encourage you? Yes. Along that pet life path, I had a life coach for a while, and he's the one that first inspired me to write. <laughs> mm. He thought that what the, my lived experiences were beneficial, and then I could communicate that in writing. And uh, that was his inspiration for the first book, and the second book wrote itself. Bruce, it's obvious a lot of thought went into the cover. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, the cover was actually my son's idea. My first book, I was doing consulting, flying east coast to the west coast. And so it's an airplane window. And originally the thought for this book was consciousness. Uh, I was looking for the same, so much I think from the space shuttle. But my son heard parts of the book, and especially around the, the riot, the insurrection uh, on the 6th. And he, he sketched it out on paper what he thought it should be. And I just, I was open to suggestion. That's half the battle in writing is you want to be open, not closed. And it presented itself. And, and I, I love the cover. I can either be on that wall arguing, bickering, or I can try to rise above that and find that freedom uh, from the bondage of self, freedom the bondage of others. I know a lot of people are going to be interested in this book. It's called The Change Agent, Paradigm Shift in Consciousness. It's written by Bruce Barcombe, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can grab this everywhere, online at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes and Google Play, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Bruce, thanks again for joining me here and telling me all about the change agent. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you. Chaplain Rick Petsky tells the story of God's work in his life in his new book, Life of Miracles. Rick is right here with me now to chat all about it. Rick, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. I really appreciate you being here with me. 
thanks for the time. I just appreciate having an opportunity to be able to share what God has been doing in my life and making himself known through my life. And it's been my desire to let my light shine through the world and let them realize how real Jesus Christ is today. Your life truly is a life of miracles. So can you tell me what readers can expect in the book? Well, they'll see uh, from the beginning of my birth until the end that it's just been nonstop intervening with God. At the time, I didn't know what it was. You could say I was just I was a lucky guy. <laughs> mm. Just thinking that no matter what I went through, it seemed like something kept me going, sparing my life from so many close calls, but death or really bad harm. And I didn't realize as I was growing up in my life, there was a battle going for my soul. You could say, you know, I say I felt at moments things were trying to destroy me or kill me or harm me. And at the same time, something divine in the background was always intervening, protecting me from any harm that would, you know, take my life. Mm. So I started beginning to learn about the reality of good and evil becoming more present. And the more I grew in my life, I'd start showing how real good and evil is really active and God was making himself known and slowly, step by step, line upon line, precept, he was beginning to show me how real he was. And he eventually led me to the truth that he existed, that he rose again from the dead. And then he sent people my way and eventually I became born again and filled with his spirit. And from that time forth, I had a burden for the lost. And I let other people realize that Jesus is alive today as he was back in the day 2,000 years ago since he rose again. That's the main reason why I'm trying to get the word out that God is really real today. And it's calling his name, Jesus, no matter who you are, if you really have a sincere heart and you want Jesus, he will definitely uh, come in your heart. But you just got to invite him in. He's just asking and waiting and knocking at our door. That's why he said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. You notice how it emphasizes he wants to come into our being, but we have to invite him in. He doesn't come in. He's a gentleman. That's why there's no doorknob on the outside. You ever see that picture of Jesus knocking in the door? You got to let him in. He doesn't come in on his own. <laughs> That's the main reason why I wrote the book. Mm. Let people know that Jesus wrote today. And whenever I called on his name, whenever I was in danger, he always came through with me every time. And did miracle after miracle. Mm. Rick, who were you writing to here? What kinds of readers do you think would be most into your story? Oh, right now, I think everybody out there, uh, like I said, I had a time when I was brought up with kind of like atheistic thinking parents. And, you know, God put in my heart when I wrote the story, I wanted to inspire not only the believer, but it's also written for a backsider because, you know, God showed his grace in me because I had times where I slipped away and the, the enemy had tricked me where I fell and slipped away. And yeah, God never gave up on me. He he definitely leaves the 99, goes for the one that went astray and tries to bring him back home again. And then also for the people that don't believe, you know, I had an experience with an atheist once. I put him on challenges. Hey, if you just pray and believe God just one moment, just, just, just one time, believe that he exists. If you pray and you ask him in your life and he touches you, you got to go to church with me and start reading your Bible. But if he doesn't talk to you and touch your heart, when you pray and you ask him in your heart today, just believe that he's rose again for your sins. I'll never talk to you about Jesus again. And he took the deal and God touched him. He started crying and gave his life to God. It's like, wow. yeah, this is written for people that don't even know God or have an experience with God. I believe if you prayed with just enough faith, just one moment in your life, if you don't know God, he can definitely draw you and save you even at that moment, even if you're an atheist. Now, Rick, I could imagine when it comes to writing something like your life story, it might have taken a while. Did this take you a while to write? Uh, about a year and a half. Mm. I took it I don't know, pretty much uh, whenever I got it, when I had time, because I work at FedEx. I'm a full-time truck driver. Besides, whenever I was sitting there, but I was just praying. I always tried to make sure I wanted to write down what God wanted to write down. It was sure it was my life, and I wrote about things that happened in my life and to every detail to the best of my ability. I said, Jesus, only let me write in this book only things that you want me to write. I don't want to write things, anything that has nothing to do with nothing. It's got to be inspired. I want it to uh, touch people. I want them to feel your love. I want them to sense your presence. I want them to realize you really care for them, and you died for the whole world, you said in John 3.16. 
I'm trying to get people to know Jesus Christ, that he's real today, and he wants to have an intimate personal relationship with anybody that wants him, and he just wants to be involved in our lives. But we just have to invite him in. I think a lot of readers are going to love this book. It's called Life of Miracles. It's written by Chaplain Rick Petsky, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can grab this everywhere online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Rick, thank you again for joining me here on the show and telling me all about your life and your book. I hope we can chat again sometime. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Hope to talk to you soon. There's a new encouraging book in stores right now. It's written by Barb Taylor, and the title is Where Are Papa's Glasses? The author Barb is sitting right here with me now to tell me all about it. Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, Barb. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is great. You have this book out in stores now for everyone. Can you tell me what it's all about? It's basically about Grandpa who loses his glasses in various places, just like we all lose something at one time or another in one place or another. Mm -hmm. And what sorts of readers were you thinking would get the most out of this? I think anyone who has misplaced or lost something at some point would get something out of it. If not anything else, perhaps a smile or a laugh. I think everyone can appreciate that. They've asked themselves, where did I put this or where did it go? Like you said, Barb, it's a pretty universal thing. We all misplace things from time to time. So how did you get the idea to write this? Basically, this is my second published book. Hmm. Actually, I got the idea from writing this from when my grandson and daughter moved in back home with us a few years ago. It was a little chaotic, and things were a little disorganized, and things were readily getting misplaced by all of us. <laughs> and especially in salute to, to Grandpa, Papa, I decided to write this because that was one of the things that we were most searching for was his glasses, despite <laughs> having multiple pairs of them. I know sometimes it takes a long time for you to find that thing that you lost, Barb. So did it take you a long time to write this book and get it published? Actually, like I said, it was about five years ago that I wrote it. With the experience of having had my first book under tow, I decided that I would try for a second one. And mm. so I decided to get this published as well. It has been a great time. It has been a very fun experience. And when you finally got that first copy in, the physical one, the hard copy you've been working on all that time, what was that moment like for you, Barb? It was like unbelievable. I kept <laughs> looking at it thinking, is this really mine? <laughs> and I look at the name and think, or is someone using my name? I just kept looking at the front cover. <laughs> Have you given any thought to a sequel to this or more publishing in the future? I haven't really, don't really have anything specifically in the works right now, but because life is one of my biggest inspirations for my writing, I would not, definitely would not rule it out. Hey, you never know when the inspiration's going to hit you there. Are you the kind of writer that finds yourself writing whenever the inspiration hits, or do you have a certain maybe time of day or a place that you like to go and get your thoughts together and write then? I basically keep a lot of things in my computer upstairs. And then as the need arises, I write them down. It may be something that I may use in a, a day or, or two. Or it may be something that I won't use for several years. But I do, I do like to journal. And that's a, a pretty neat thing to do when you have lots of ideas. Yeah, journaling is a fantastic way to generate ideas and just to get some thoughts out there. Do you have any other advice that you would give to authors who are just starting out? If I could offer any advice to other would-be authors, it would be to reach for the star in the sky. Grab it and let it, help it, you sh let it help you to shine your light brighter for everyone else. We all have our dreams and our hopes, and sometimes we just don't do enough to pursue those. Absolutely. Barb, I can tell you have a lot of fun. You get a lot of joy out of the writing process. 
So overall, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? I would say the most rewarding aspect is the idea of the sense of accomplishment. Mm. The sense that, yes, I did this and it means something. And that is something that I can share with many people at the same time. And that is a really, really good feeling. Barb, do you ever find yourself getting writer's block, getting stuck for ideas? And if you do, how do you get past things like that? I don't really have a writer's block per se. I'm not one that writes every day. So normally when I have something that I'm thinking about and want to write about, the ideas pretty much flow. And what I try to do is when I come up with that idea that I want to write about, I really try to pinpoint what I want to say about my subject. What is it that I want to include in my story or in my poem? And then from there I go and I kind of gather those ideas into some symmetrical order and put them into rhyming prose. I think a lot of people are going to really be into this book and ought to check it out. It's titled, Where Are Papa's Glasses? It's written by Barb Taylor, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can grab this up everywhere like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Well, Barb, thank you again for coming on the show here with me tonight and telling me all about Where Are Papa's Glasses. I hope we can talk again sometime. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed it. Have a wonderful day. Author Jonathan Brown emphasizes the importance of instilling important teachings in children's minds that will last a lifetime in his new book, As I Get Older, I Must Not Forget. I'm really happy that Jonathan's right here with me now to tell me all about it. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's exciting. This book is out in stores now for everybody. So can you tell me all about it? Yes. Yeah, this book is about a young boy, myself being taught by my parents, teachings and stuff. And, and then as I get older, I don't want to forget them. And I incorporate them and implement them in everyday situations in life. Hmm. What kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? They were more of children. Also, you know, it could be preschool, kindergarten, grade school, and even for parents, hmm. because parents can also be reminded to teach their kids on a daily basis things that can help them as they get older. Jonathan, can you go back and think about how you were inspired to write this, where you got the idea? I derived inspiration for writing this book from, from myself. <laughs> I was stimulated to do something creative on this magnitude because I have two precious, wonderful children who push me every day to be my best. Mm. So when I see them smile, when I see them frown, when I see them have good and bad days, I know that I have to be a light for them and help them navigate through this thing called life. They inspire me to be a better father, teacher, and even role model. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before, Jonathan? Have you ever been published? No, this is my first published book. Congratulations. How long did this one take you to do? Thank you. It, it took all in all about a year and two months, about 14 months. What was it like then whenever you finally got that first hard copy in, you got to hold it and look at it for the first time? What was that like for you? Wow. The feelings that I experienced when I first was able to hold my own published book in my hands was a sense of accomplishment. I was well pleased. I was humbled, proud of myself. I was also stunned because I had a surreal feeling like this is my book. I was highly amazed and I felt that I put something valuable out into the world. Hmm. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of publishing your first book, Jonathan. So do you have any advice now that you could offer to the aspiring authors out there? Run your race. When you are ready to do it, then do it. And to always know that you can. And when I say that, I mean, you can do it. You can write a book and you never have to think that you can't do something. 
set the goal and execute it. And lastly, be patient with yourself. There is no rush. Jonathan, what are the chances that we'll be seeing more published from you in the future? The chances of me having another book in the future is pretty high. Hmm. The probability is real high right now. I have plans to write and publish another book, a continuation of this one. I may also do a biography or even autobiography, but I plan to have a part two to the As I Get Older, I Must Not Forget. But this time, it will show my children grown up and teaching their children Christian practices that they can utilize in everyday life because we are always going to be in situations and circumstances, both good and bad, where we can use the biblical teachings, talk to us, and apply it. So yes, I hope to be writing another book. Yes, sir. Wonderful. When you look back over it all, Jonathan, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author now? The most rewarding aspect I experienced was that I faced great obstacles and that I could still reach and obtain goals. Mm -hmm. So the chances to share the message of my book, becoming author was an intrinsic reward for me. It was an internal achievement. Were there people in your life who inspired you when it comes to your writing, especially as I get older, I must not forget? Honestly, I'll say it was myself, but I was inspired by different books. And what I mean by that is the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible inspired me a lot to have this book published because of life experiences and the teachings and, and my faith in God. This book has a wonderful message, and I know a lot of people are going to want to read it. It's called, As I Get Older, I Must Not Forget. It's written by Jonathan Brown, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick this one up everywhere, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Jonathan, thank you again for joining me and telling me all about your writing. I had a really nice time tonight. Me too. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 